Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello and welcome into another edition of Believe in Titans on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm Davey Hudson alongside former Titan Denard Walker. And on today's episode, we're going to break down the three things you need to know that have happened for the Titans over the course of the last week. We're going to get into our main story as we continue talking about the Titans 2020 draft class today, discussing seventh round quarterback pick Cole McDonald out of Hawaii. But first, do you believe? If you enjoy this show, please subscribe and rate us on iTunes. We are available on all your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. And you can find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast. So diving right into the three things you need to know for the Titans. Number three, the NFL has stated that teams will not be able to hold joint practices with other teams during this offseason due to the COVID pandemic. And they've also stated that the camps will only be taking place at team facilities. That does not impact the Titans like it will some other NFL organizations. Number two, the Titans have agreed to terms with seventh-round pick defensive back Chris Jackson out of Marshall. Chris Jackson and defensive tackle Larell Merchinson are the only two draft picks to sign so far for the Titans. So two down, four to go. And number one on the things you need to know that have happened for the Titans this week. <sighs> Clowny Watch continues. New week, same bleep. Uh, I wish I had something for you guys. I, I really do. I do expect him to still be a Titan whenever everything falls into place, whenever that is. They say patience is a virtue. I've not done a good job of treating it like that recently, but I still do believe Jadavion Clowney will be a Titan for the 2020 season. Knock on wood. But with that being said, we're going to go ahead and dive into our main story for today, discussing seventh-round pick quarterback Cole McDonald. The Titans drafted McDonald with a 224th pick in the seventh round of the 2020 draft. And when you're looking at the Titans' quarterback room, the quarterback position behind Ryan Tannehill, losing Marcus Mariota, it's definitely a conversation for the backup position. Right now the Titans have Logan Woodside and Ryan Tannehill on the roster. And so bringing Cole McDonald into the quarterback room will make for an intriguing battle to see who will be backing up the Titans' primary signal caller who they signed to a long extension this offseason. Denard, I ask you every time when we talk about the Titans draft pick, but whenever you're watching Cole McDonald, what stood out to you on the tape? Man, <clears throat> let me just go ahead and I got to get this off my mind because I've been watching this guy for a long time since he's been in Hawaii. You know, those mountain, those games that those guys usually play late at night. So around 12 o'clock at night, I'm laying in a bed about to go to sleep. <laughs> I'm usually watching a Hawaii game. But this guy is an exciting player. I mean, I love this guy. I mean, if you don't know nothing about him, he is the truth. He is the absolutely truth. He's six foot four. He's 220 pounds. But what I love about him is his athleticism. It's something he's a, he's a, what I call a freak athlete. You know, you think about it, who you think of all, out of all the quarterbacks, all the, all the great quarterbacks this year that went in the draft Tua, we go to Joe Burrow, 
We talk about Jake Fromm of Georgia. We can go back to Jalen Hurts. Who do you think the guy that when he went to the combines really showed off? It was my man Cole. Did you know that he was he ran the fastest 40, 4, 5, 8, 40 at the combines? Among fastest among I, any yeah. I knew it was fast. I didn't know it was the fastest. It was the fastest. And he had the best vertical jump at 36 inches. Do you know what I jumped at the combines in 1997? A 29. That's okay. impressive for a guy that big. So, again, he has all the tools, man, and I've enjoyed watching. I watched him against Arizona, and he basically lit that, that team up. And one of the things I loved about him is he's tough. He's, he can run. Uh, he, he reminds me of a lot of a guy that is from Hawaii, actually played at Tennessee by the name of Marcus Mariota. He's almost a mirror image of Marcus, about the same height. Marcus had that great speed. But the thing that I loved about him is that deep ball. He put that ball on the money. And when, you, when, you're in a, when you're a quarterback, that's the one thing they look for is how good can you throw the deep ball and can you make all the throws? He made some throws that I'm still right now thinking, you got to be kidding me that he was able to get those, those balls in there. They were tight. And I'm just I'm excited for him. I know a lot of people whenever it comes to the preseason, obviously seeing the backup quarterback battle is something worth always watching just because you know you're not going to be seeing your starters out there that much. And so when you look at Cole McDonald, I know Denard, you, you said he's six foot four, two hundred and twenty pounds. When you look at Ryan Tannehill, Ryan Tannehill's six foot four, two hundred and seventeen pounds, both very fast. They are very similar players. If you were to stack them up, have them right next to each other. I mean, that they're almost identical from a stature standpoint. And the thing about Cole, it's not 100% certain he's going to be making the team right now. He is definitely a developmental player, and it's going to come down between do the Titans feel more comfortable with Logan Woodside, who knows the system more, or do we go ahead and take the chance of looking at this guy who has the measurables, has the athletic ability, but we're just not sure whether he's ready to go ahead and be active on game day. So that's going to be the battle that most people are going to be watching this year in the preseason and, and throughout all of camp. Now, kind of like you were saying, I mean, he has an absolute cannon. And whenever you're looking at just sticking around in the league for years to come, even if you, you aren't a guy that's going to be playing, we have seen these guys on the practice squad that if you can test that defense by making them backpedal pretty quickly, uh, the Chicago Bears, they just now signed Tyler Bray to another one-year deal worth $1 million. Now, Tyler Bray, he's going into his eighth season into the NFL, and he has not taken a single snap in a regular season game. So when I, I watch Tyler, I see a lot of Cole in him, uh, kind of drawing that comparison. But one of the things with Cole is he lit it up in college. His last two years, he threw for over 8,000 yards and 70 touchdowns in his, his last two seasons. That's just putting it all over the field. And it's fortunate whenever you're playing in Nick Rolovich's system, which they run the run and shoot. When you're looking at the Titans, which obviously put a lot of emphasis on being very methodical in their approach, just running it down people's throats. How does going from such a completely different style of philosophy on the offensive side translate for Cole from what he did at Hawaii to what he's going to be asked to do with the Titans? from a guy who's actually played in the run and shoot offense, this is going to be great for a quarterback. See, people don't understand when you run the run and shoot, you got to think about this is it's a defense, especially defensive back nightmare because you know what's going to happen. It's spread out. and yeah, They're spreading you out. And what the run and shoot basically is, it's just a 21st century version 
Well, what the spread offense is, is actually a 21st century version of the run and shoot. What the run and shoot was basically was the old wishbone. Basically, you take two backs out. Remember the old, old well, you don't remember. You were 25 years old. See, you young. I'm 46. So what were we, we about to ask if I, if I remember, Denard? <laughs> Just go ahead and ask your question. Say that again. Go, go ahead and ask your question. What were you going to ask if I, if I remember? Okay. Do you remember the old Oklahoma? Well, you don't remember because you probably wasn't even born then. I'm, I'm talking about the Oklahoma teams in the 80s. The Brian Boss were Jamel Holloway used to run that wishbone to perfection. I'm they had a guy styles. Like, okay. mean, those teams were so great. I've at least become somewhat familiar with what they did back in the day. Okay, you're familiar, but I was actually yeah, watching you, as a Yeah, you got kid. it, man. Yeah, like an addiction. Right like the old, my favorite player was Turner Gill back in like 81 through 84 at the University of Nebraska. He was, to me, the best. And those old Tom Osborne teams back in the days when Nebraska used to line up with Mike Rozier, they used to line up with Roger Craig, and they used to line up and just pound you. One of the things that you loved about those teams was a lot of, well, Oklahoma ran into perfection at Wishbone. It was a three-back system. You had typically a little back. That's one of the reasons that Troy Aikman transferred to UCLA. Why did Troy Aikman go to Oklahoma in the first place? He's six foot four, six five. A big man like that couldn't run the wishbone. The first game that Troy Aikman played, I don't want to get off topic. He played against the University of Miami and he broke his leg. Why? Because he was trying to run the wishbone. That didn't look well. So he transferred to UCLA, now one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play. What I'm saying is that that wishbone typically, it was basically created by a coach by the name of Glenn Ellison. And it was perfected by a great coach at Portland State by the name of Mouse Davis. And the reason that the run and shoot was perfect, it was so good was Mouse Davis was not only a creative genius, he knew he didn't have the athletes to go against a Nebraska. He didn't have the athletes at Portland State to line up against the TCUs, the LSU. So what did he do? He created a system that put a lot of little guys, about four or five of them, as many as he could, on the field at one time just to run defenses tired or to create mismatches. And what that ended up doing was giving an advantage to the offense because it kept that team's defense, like Portland State, that wasn't good enough to match up against those teams. It kept them off the field and kept those offenses on the field. So it would wear down defenses. That was, it was a great offense because it was good for teams that were not that big. So what happened was if you were a defensive back or a defensive player, the, the one thing you don't want to do is to have, have a quarterback that's going to throw 80 times a game. That's going to wear you out. In addition that, to that, I, I was going to add, it's also a style of offense you don't have to face very often. So it's something whenever you're having to prepare for that team the week before, you're pretty much having to learn a completely different style than everything you'd been focusing on for the entire season. Like uh, we go back, if, if you're looking at like power five teams now, I know that Paul Johnson at Georgia Tech running right. the triple option, I right. mean, not, not many teams still do that. So whenever you're having to face that on a middle week five game in the season, it's going to completely throw you for a loop from everything else you're having to deal with. So whenever you don't have the talent to match up with these teams, putting a different trick into the, their system is going to be to your advantage. That's the key. You know, you look at Army. You remember the game last year when Oklahoma barely got past Army? Army yes. had that game. They went down to Norman, literally had Oklahoma on the ropes. It was last minute. Oklahoma had a last minute goal line stand to stop Army. 
that's what you do because the army army knows the cadets know we can't just line up and play with oklahoma we got to do something to keep them off balance we got to keep them off guard every time we have the ball and we know that our defense cannot match up with their offense so what do you do think about this the run and shoot was basically ran to perfection you remember warren moon yes that team the, the offensive coordinator was Kevin Gilbride in 19, I think about the 1990 team when Warren put up about 5,000 yards almost passing. One of the things that made, if you think about Warren, think about the Houston Oilers, think about the old Houston Cougars back in the mid 80s. You remember David Klingler? Remember Andre Ware? What do they have in common? They both were Heisman Trophy winners. They put up crazy video game numbers that people haven't seen before. People are like, what's going on? What is so significant about this offense? That's what you love about it. It creates mismatches. Somewhere down the line, you think of it about, like I was literally studying this offense. So I go back. I thought about the 1990 Houston Oilers starting offense. Now, let's forget about the offensive line. I'm going to give you their receivers right quick. Not to get off guard, but I'm going to So their receivers were Ernest Gibbons, who you had on the outside. Then you had Curtis Duncan in the slot. Then you go back in the slot again. You got Drew Hill. And then on the outside edge, you had Haywood Jefferson. In the back, you either had Lorenzo White or you, it was the one-back system or Allen Pinkin, and the quarterback was Warren Moon. Somewhere when a defense has to basically face that offense, you got to bring in five, maybe six defensive backs. Somewhere down the line, they're going to get one defensive back that may not have the cover skills as another defensive back. He may not be as good. So if I got to put him in a slot, that's what they're going to work. So again, it's all about creating a mismatch. That's why those teams were so successful is they found the mismatch. That's what made Warren Moon so great because in what it also would do is not only create mismatches, but what it would do, it will, it will loosen up the defense. So when a defense had to come out and they got to think about just stopping the pass, they forget about the run. And that's where you can gash teams with that, that, that Lorenzo White used to gash guys for 10 yards because they didn't know when it was coming. So it loosens up the defense. And that's what this, this offense where Cole came from at Hawaii, basically that run and shoot, what they did was, what Coach Rolovich did was, he tweaked it a little bit and he made it into what we call the pistol. And it's, it's kind of the same variation, it's just that you hide the running back behind the quarterback. So it's hard to account for the running back, so you can't see him. So if you're a linebacker and you got the running back, you don't know what direction he's gonna go because you can't see him until the last minute. That's why, this offense is it's a very difficult offense because a lot of times pass concepts changes depending on the coverage that you get. Now, in the professional wise, it's going to be a lot easier for him because it slows down. The run and shoot is just fast paced. It's just like you're going, you're going, you're going, you're going, you're going. With this, when he gets into the pro system and he gets in Arthur Smith uh, offense, guess what's going to happen? It slows down. Now, listen, we got a running game. You know we're going to give it to 22. Now you can just work on that route recognition and get on the same page as your receivers. As I was going through McDonald's tape and just some of the comments that a lot of people who had broken down his style of play, they said that he does struggle whenever it comes to, I guess, having a lapse in reading coverages. Once everything is spaced together, though, and he's not able to spread the defense out, that could really cause some issues for him since he is turnover prone 
And when we talk about the Titans, one of the key things that they want to do is ball security because the Titans, their style is, hey, we're going to make less mistakes than you, and we're going to come away with an ugly, low-scoring win. So what advice would you give to McDonald to try to break, I guess, that bad habit? Very easy. First of all, Tennessee hasn't changed their mentality in over 20 years. Why? Look at your coach. He, he symbolizes what I call the ground and pound game. Let's make it ugly. That's why he went out and that organization went out and they drafted a 250-pound running back. You want a guy like the old Eddie George back in. That's the way we played 20 years ago. It was ground and pound. Why do you want a team with a ground and pound mentality? Because it takes time off that clock if you can run the football. And that's something that's very important in the NFL is can you run the ball? Because you know the weather's going to change. So that's going to create a, a, a it's going to create kind of a liability at the end of the season because sometimes you got to win by running sometimes. That's why you saw Kansas City. Yeah, you got a great quarterback, but again, you got a two-headed monster at running back. You know those guys can get those tough yards when they're needed. And that's why I would tell Cole, his best friend, like any other guy, when you're drafted, they'll tell you the first guy that you need to go and meet and go to his office is a special teams coach. Find him because typically that's the way you're going to make the ball club. So for Cole, this is who, who has to become his best friend when he first gets to Tennessee. And he's probably developing a bond with them right now as we're talking. And that's Pat O'Hara. And you know who Pat O'Hara is, don't you? Oh, yeah. Former USC quarterback. More importantly, he's the quarterback coach for the Titans. So any young guy, anytime you look on television, you always see when a quarterback comes off the field, who goes and sit right by him? The quarterback coach. That's the mediator between the offensive coordinator and the quarterback. So who's typically sent by the offensive, I mean, the uh, quarterback coach is the backup quarterback. He's typically right there, literally just, he's soaking up all that. He's mentally playing the game in his head. That's what Pat's going to have to do. He has to watch everything Ryan does, all the good and all the bad. That's why I've always said that when you're actually not playing, it's actually tougher because you should be mentally exhausted when that game is over. So once he gets around Pat, Coach O'Hara, the only thing he's going to do, he's just going to drill him. He's going to work with him. That's going to be your best friend. When you go on the practice field, guess who the coach is going to be with? He's going to be with Pat. That's what Coach Smith is going to tell him. You go over there with the quarterback coach. When you go into film, fit, when you go into the film room, you typically won't be with the offensive coordinator. You're going to be with Pat O'Hara. He's going to be the mediator between Arthur Smith, player, and the coach, the offensive coordinator, is Pat O'Hara. When we're looking at McDonald, and we've talked about his athleticism, and that is one of the things that I, I'm very interested to watch because when you see a guy who, at, who is this athletic, I don't know if the Titans are going to want to use him in a lot of other situations outside of just, all right, we're going to have you at quarterback, and that's it. Because when you have a guy like this who is able to score with his legs as well as with his arm, you could put some trickery in there. You can have some plays brought up that it's like, wait, I was doing the scouting report all week if I'm the defensive coordinator going up against the Titans, and I didn't do anything prepping for Cole McDonald, didn't expect this guy to come in and be able to do what you saw the Titans do with Mariota towards the end of last year. Because even if he's just a decoy, just being able to throw that defense or have them hold 
that stance for just a split second more can be all the difference in six points or not. So look at New Orleans. Yeah, Taysom Hill. Yeah, yeah, Taysom Hill. Look at look at what the, you when he comes in the game, you don't know what he's gonna do. You don't know how Sean Payton's gonna use him. He can line up at receiver. He can line up at fullback. He can line up at tight end. He can line up at quarterback. You don't know what you're gonna get. But guess what? Everybody's always already saying when Drew Brees retires, guess who's probably gonna be the starting quarterback? Taysom Hill. That's how good he is. People forget about it, that he was a great quarterback at BYU. And that's what he brings. He brings a different element to your offense. That's what you want. You're starting to see that. That's why teams now, they're going out and they're drafting these athletic quarterbacks like a Russell Wilson, because they can do multiple things. I can line Russell Wilson up in a slot. I bet you he can get open. That's why when they're looking at quarterbacks, to now, looking at quarterbacks now, they have to have the athleticism, because if you think about most offenses in college, what are they running? The spread offenses. So now they're used to using their feet. That's why those guys, much as I love Peyton Manning, I love Peyton Manning, but I don't want to watch Peyton run the football. It doesn't look good. I, don't tell me. It was, it was better 20 years ago, Denard. It, it, a decade ago, it got kind of rough. 20 okay. years ago, yeah, it wasn't okay. as bad. It wasn't as bad, but it wasn't as good. Let me tell you something. If I was on the track and Peyton Manning was next to me, you know what I would do? I'd eat a cheeseburger. <laughs> Again, Tom Brady, prime example. I love Tom Brady to death, but I don't want to watch him run. I know that he's not going to hurt me with his legs. But quarterbacks today, when you look at these guys coming in now, the athleticism that they have is something that we've never seen before. We, yeah, we see it in Russell. We see it in Ryan. People forget Ryan was, was a receiver to to. at yep. So now you can use these guys and you can get him on the field, put him in some different packages, just like New Orleans does with Taysom. So you don't know what he's going to do. And that brings not only another arsenal, but it brings another weapon. And when you got a guy like that, that with four or five speed, I can line him in a slot, run some reverses just to get his feet wet. And that gets his nerves calmed down. And I can take him and put some packages on the field where I can run that pistol situation where they ran at Hawaii. And boom, man, that's, I mean, I'm telling you, this guy, he has everything that they're looking for. That's why John Robinson, he didn't just draft the guy in the seventh round to draft him. He drafted him because he knows that this young man could come in right now and he can play. Yeah, everybody when you go into a camp, everybody's competing, everybody's learning, especially now with this, uh, with this pandemic that we're facing. But when everybody gets into the camp, we all are learning. So it's a learning curve for everybody. It's going to take some time. That's with any player. Drew Brees, believe it or not, when he came into the league, he wasn't the Drew Brees now that he was, was when he first came in some almost 20 years ago. I remember lining up and playing against San Diego. The last person that we was worried about was Drew Brees coming into the game. Now, he's one of the greatest. And that's what, he, that's what every great quarterback, they all have in common. It's a learning process. If you look at the great quarterbacks from the past, it wasn't when Roger Staubach first got to Dallas, he wasn't, the, the, he wasn't even playing. Tom Landry had a decision to make between Craig Morton who was the stud, who was all that for the Cowboys and Roger Staubach. And just so happened, he was playing them both. And Coach Landry said, hey, I think I'm going to go with Roger. Yeah, that made one quarterback mad, but what did he do? He learned on the go. That's what great quarterbacks. Tom Brady didn't come in when he got to New England. Drew Bledsoe was there. What did he do? 
he learned. So that's what Cole has to do. He has to get around Coach O'Hara, and he has to, and he has to watch Ryan. And if you can do that, you start to emulate what they do, good and bad. And and I'm telling you, the sky's the limit for Cole. I mean, he's a beast. I've watched him play. The guy can play. He's the real deal. No, I hear you. And I mean, he lit it up at Hawaii, and obviously he's transitioning to a new system. But his physical skill set is there. There are some question marks about his throwing mechanics, which he's the first person to tell you. I got to work on that. I got to clean some things up. And so he knows what he needs to work on. He knows what he needs to do to make this roster and be active on game day come fall this season. So whenever we are looking at the things that fans in general always talk about, I mean, if, if, if your starting quarterback goes down, who's going to be the backup? Who's going to come in? Who's going to be a guy that's able to get you? Maybe it's just a series or two of good plays, but you just need somebody that's able to come in and be capable of holding down the fort until Tannehill is able to come back in. Or, God forbid, you have an injury that's going to keep him out for a majority or a long stretch of time. you got to have somebody that's able to come in there. And so getting Cole some reps early on, getting him familiar with the offense, is one of the most critical positions that this team has right now when you really look at it. Because even though we go back, we look at first-round pick Isaiah Wilson. He doesn't necessarily need to start right away. But, I mean, he's going to be one of the next men up. Christian Fulton. We still already have two starting cornerbacks that are going to be in line to play ahead of him. Darrington Evans, we know Derrick Henry's there. And then you keep going down the list, like there's guys that are ahead, but one false play, and there's a chance that Cole McDonald's coming up and having to take meaningful snaps as the Titans quarterback this season. So I'm I'm really excited to watch this guy throughout preseason, see how he develops, determine if he is a possible answer to be that backup for this team this year. Because if things go bad, Who's the most popular player on the team? Your backup quarterback. Exactly. You you have the most important position on the field in any league. Pop Warner, high school, college, pros is your backup quarterback. I've said this time and time again. When you come into the NFL, my coach is to stay in high school. There's no such thing as a backup. If a guy gets hurt, I don't I expect if you come in, I don't expect there to be a layoff. And let me just say this. The starting quarterback for the Tennessee Titans in 2020 is a guy by the name of Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill got to Tennessee last year. He was a what? A backup quarterback to who? Marcus Mariota. I go back to a guy by the name of Tom Brady. The starting quarterback for New England in 2001 was Drew Bledsoe. Drew Bledsoe got hurt. Guess what happened? Who was up? A guy by the name of Tom Brady. In Dallas, I go back. The starting quarterback was Drew Bledsoe. He gets hurt, wasn't playing well, and there's some guy named Tony Romo steps in. Do you see where I'm going with this? There's a trend. There's a trend. There you go. It's a trend. I tell guys all the time, do not pout when you're not, your number's not caught. Do not pout, excuse me, do not pout if you're not the starting quarterback or you're the starting running back. You should pout when you get in there and you're not producing. That's why every day you have to work as a starter. If you're not working as a starter, you're not, you're, you're not working towards getting on the field, what I'm saying. You got to work as if I'm the starting quarterback from the day you walk in because it takes one play, one little hit. How many times have we seen it? We see it all the time. We and don't want Ron to get hurt. Hit. It's just a, you a plant your the foot wrong and exactly. there goes a ligament. Like it's, it's right there, so fragile. Especially, 
especially in, in the NFL, is such a rigorous game. So one of the things they're going to do when they, when they get him in here, they're going to teach him. That's why his best friend would be Coach Pat O'Hara. Why? Pat O'Hara has coached Deshaun Watson. He coached Marcus Mariota. So he knows that he's got these athletic quarterbacks that can run, they can pass, they can do it all. And that's what he got, he's, he's got in Cole. So he, this is not like he's seen any, he hasn't saw this before. He's used to this. This is what they're drafting now. You're getting guys that can run and throw, you know. They can do it all. They're called do-it-all quarterbacks. So that's what I would tell Cole when you get in, when you get into camp. Right now, as we're speaking right now, Davey, he's probably right now speaking to Coach O'Hara right now, and they're just going through X's and O's. Because once they come into camp, everybody knows that probably when the time of the season starts, they're probably going to go full speed right out of the gate. You know, it's going to be a crazy year, you know. But that's, that's just the way it is, the most important position on the field. I, I give you, you – I'm going to tell you, there's a coach right now. There's two of them that's coaching in the NFL. Most of your, most of your coaches, believe it or not, were, they were what? Backup quarterbacks. Yeah. Lincoln Raleigh at Oklahoma was a backup quarterback at Texas Tech. Doug Peterson for the Philadelphia Eagles backed up who? Brett Favre, Frank Wright, one of my favorite players of all time for the Buffalo Bills. What was he? A backup quarterback for, what, 10, 12 years to Jim Kelly. There's a trend. Those are your – Jason Garrett. I love Jason Garrett. I still think he should be the coach for the Dallas Cowboys. He was the backup for who? The Hall of Famer Troy Aikman. There's a trend. So if I'm a backup quarterback, I need to be smiling because one day I might be a successful coach. So don't complain. That's where you get your learning yeah. from, by watching the starters, watching everything they do, whether it's good or bad. That's where the learning takes place is when you're watching a guy in front of you because you learn what, what to do and you learn what not to do. Ask Ron Tannehill. He'll tell you. I'm with you, man. It's, I love it. Like I, Talking quarterbacks, offensive philosophy – I'm here for it all day, every day. And so we now get to watch as Cole McDonald will battle for the backup quarterback for the Tennessee Titans for 2020. And a chance, like, I mean, that that's the thing, too. If you're Cole, like, you got a chance. Like, that that backup race is wide open. No one has that spot. So you got a chance to be in the league for a long time. And, like, we've, we've talked about it. That backup quarterback position, if you're a good teammate, you're willing to come in every day and learn, and then you're capable of going in there and being a leader, you can have a very long, productive career and not have to do much at all. Hey, I love what you just said. I'm going to give you a name right now. One of my favorite players. You know why I love this guy? I'm not going to tell you right now. I love him because he's from the Dallas-Fort Worth area. I had a chance to watch him in high school. I watched him at the University of Missouri where he was the Heisman Trophy runner-up, and he's still one of the best quarterbacks he just haven't played in many games in almost the last 10 years. His name is Chase Daniels. <laughs> People wanted to make, they wanted to talk about, well, he's making three or $4 million a year being a backup. He goes from Philly. He's, well, he's, he's been everywhere. He's, now he's in Chicago. He's backing up Mitchell Trubisky. Mitchell kind of struggled. Chase came in, relieved him, played great. But he has, he's been in the league for 10 years. I remember a guy that I played against named Shane Matthews from the University of Florida. Shane was a great quarterback at the University of Florida for Coach Spurrier. He played about 14 years in the league. He played at Washington for a long time. He was a great backup quarterback. I'm telling, I tell anybody, if you really want a great job, 
don't strive to be a backup quarterback because a backup quarterback like Frank Reich, you can be a starter at any second. That's what I love about Frank Reich. He was always one of my favorite players because when Jim Kelly went down, Frank was ready to go, man. They didn't lose a beat. That's how they beat the Oilers that year when they made that, that monstrous comeback on the Oilers back in 1993 when they came back from like, what was it, like 30 points down. I still watch that game to, till this day. That was Frank Reich. I remember when he was at Maryland, he led the comeback against uh, back in like 84. I was like, I don't even want to say it because it'll make me seem old. But he led a comeback against Miami, man. The guy made a living doing that. He's not just a great coach. The guy was a great quarterback. That's what I love about Frank Reich. He, I mean, he will tell you how pivotal it is for a team to have a great quarterback. Again, look at Indianapolis this year. They bring in Phillips Rivers to be the starter. Look who their backup quarterback is. He was the starter last year, Jacoby Brissett. <laughs> so, again, I, I tell you, it's a crazy world of this thing we call professional football. But, again, hey, I, I'm going to give you one more, Davey. And you, you don't hear. know about this because you're too young. I'm going to tell you something. <laughs> and this Tennessee, one of my favorite players, of course, was Heath Shuler. But I'm going to tell you something. Who was the guy when Heath left the University of Tennessee? He replaced – he was the starting quarterback the next year, and then Peyton Manning actually – he wasn't playing very well, and then Peyton Manning replaced him in the UCLA game. Give you that name. Todd Helton. Todd Helton. There you – boy, you're a Tennessee ball. You know <laughs> There you go, Todd Helton. He's only, what, one of the best baseball players ever. Probably going to go into the Hall of Fame. He will. He will. My favorite player is Todd Helton. He was a beast. He was a beast at the University of Tennessee. Just some guy named Peyton Manning was sitting on the bench from New Orleans, and he comes in, and then rest is history. So Todd said, man, I'm going to go play baseball. Now he got, he got paid, what, $100 million? <laughs> Not a bad. Decent <laughs> payday. Yeah he, yeah, he got decent. Yeah, very decent. <laughs> Wow. Denard, I've really enjoyed our conversation today. I know we're up against it, but as always, I appreciate you joining us, and I look forward to doing it again next week. And with that said, for Denard Walker, I am Davey Hudson, and you've been listening to Believe in Titans on the Believe Podcast Network, and as always, tighten up. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.